Hello and welcome to this latest Business Leader Insight interview. Uh, for this live interview series, we've been talking to business figures and personalities. Today, we're talking to Joseph Valente. Uh, Joseph was a winner of the TV show The Apprentice and the founder of several businesses, including Trader Mastermind, Impragas, and Power to Succeed. If you'd like to find out more about Business Leader and our print magazine and events, visit us at www.businessleader.com dot co dot uk but now we'll start the interview uh, welcome joseph and good morning hi good morning ollie how are we doing yeah i'm good how are you excellent yeah not too bad thanks not too bad um, considering the circumstances yeah it's definitely challenging um for everyone at the moment um joseph but i just want to um start the interview by just talking about your early life i mean you've recently written a book called expelled uh to the classroom to billionaire uh boardroom i mean you can tell us more about your early life yeah, that's <laughs> nice to see. It. And yeah, can you just tell us a little bit more about your life and, and experience in education, Joseph? Okay, awesome. Um, so I grew up in a working class family. Um, financially, growing up, we struggled quite a lot. And I think um, in the early days, I realised that I wanted to um, live a better life. I realised that I needed to um, change my circumstances. I needed to break the mould. I needed to build something new that my family or the generations of my family hadn't done if I wanted to change my stars and circumstances. At the age of 15, my career in education at school wasn't great. I was expelled from school, hence the title, expelled from the classroom to billionaire boardroom. And that's all about how I was expelled from school at 15 and entered um, into a boardroom with a billionaire business partner at the age of 25 in 10 years. And then... Um, and then really from that point, I entered into the construction industry as an apprentice plumber. And that's kind of where my career um, began. You know, I began as an apprentice um, and, and and it went on from there. I don't want to jump ahead too much. I don't know how far you want me to keep talking. I'll talk all day if you don't stop. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> not I mean, what was quite interesting, though, obviously, you, you mentioned you were sort of, uh, I guess, a, a plumber by, by trade, as it were. I mean, wh where did your kind of interest come from to sort of turn that into kind of a, a, a business? In all honesty, I knew that um, university wasn't right for me. I knew that I wanted to learn um, with my hands and practically. And, you know, when I entered into the industry, it was, you know, seen as where I grew up in the town I grew up, that being a tradesman earned a lot of money. So it was kind of that direction. And then I went through the ranks. And by the time I was 19, I was a qualified gas engineer. I was making 50 grand a year, you know, very, very quickly at an early age. But then I started um, my first business at the age of 22, basically because I read this book here. And this book was Lord Sugar's autobiography, What You See Is What You Get. And my mum got it for me when I was 22 years of age and I wasn't into education. I wasn't into personal development. I didn't listen to audio books or read books and social media and podcasting wasn't what it is now. All the mentors and all that stuff wasn't really, you know, common knowledge. So read that book, it made me realise that actually, you know, Lord Sugar was a guy that came from a council estate, humble beginnings like myself, was able to go on and build billionaire wealth in one lifetime. And when I read that story, I remember looking at his journey and just thinking, if he can do that, and he didn't really have any different um, circumstances to me, then surely I can do something along those lines as well. Because I always believe, and I was always led to believe, that rich people, where we grew up, were given it, to, they were given it, or it was handed down, or they were lucky, or they were a different class than we were, so we could never enter into that world. Um, and that book showed me that you could. 
So I quit my job almost overnight after finishing it in 2012. I took out a 15,000 pound loan from Tesco's, um, a personal home improvement loan against my salary, not for a business plan, and bought a 1,500 pound van and then started a business. And then I was in business. Now, fair play, uh, you, you, you mentioned Alan Sugar and, and the book there. So what, what was it like to, to work with him on The Apprentice? Not only that, but, but win it and become a business partner with him. So listen, when I um when I when I read the book, the reason my mum got me the book, she knew I would read it, was because I was a mad apprentice fan, right? I always used to vision watching that show that I'd get in those black um cars and I'd be driving through London and then I'd get you know, I'd 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 get on there and, and whatever, and if I went on, I'd win it. And I'm a big believer in the law of attraction, right? A very strong believer. I practice it, um, I follow it daily in my goal setting and affirmations and visioning and so on. So when I started my business, I, I believed so much that down the line I was going to meet him, work with him, somehow come into contact with him. And three years later, it was January the 9th, 2015, I came into my home at 9 o'clock at night. My business was doing half a million quid at 25 years of age, turnover, had about seven staff. But I was a plumber that had started a plumbing business. I'd hit my ceiling. I didn't know where to go next. I needed new knowledge. I needed mentorship. I needed cash for growth. And then I wanted exposure. Then... All of a sudden, when I walked in the kitchen, I opened up my phone. Facebook came out. The final call for The Apprentice, Lord Sugar's page. And at that very moment, I knew the universe had sent me a sign. Okay, so I put in my details, um, got, got obviously sent them off, and then I got the application form back and applied and got on. And no, to end up winning it, I believed so much, okay, and this isn't coming from a place I'm arrogant, I'm a winner, 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 right? I believed so much in my very being and DNA that I was going to win that show. When I won, because I remember the day that, because you have to go away for nine weeks, I left my business to an admin um, lady, I sacrificed my whole business for the chance to go and level up and win because I was the main man in the business running the company. I left my business to an admin lady to run and it was a very demanding 24 hour property maintenance company. Um, and I went away for nine weeks and I said to my mum, next time you see me, okay, I'm gonna be the winner. Next, when I get back off this train and you pick me up in nine weeks, I'll be the winner. She looked at me and said, good luck, Sam. You'll do well. Right. And I knew. I knew 100 percent. But she didn't know. And then it wasn't until two years later that one day she messaged me out of the blue saying, you really did know, didn't you? I was like, yeah, it's taken you two years to work that out. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of believed in destiny. I'm a strong believer in the law of attraction. I, You know, and so the, to answer your question, sorry, it was an amazing feeling, you know, but it was kind of just confirmation that I wasn't mental and that actually you can believe and you can achieve and that your life can um, work out if you focus and you can pull off crazy things. If you want to be a, a, an entrepreneur and change the world and, you know, if you believe that is the first point to actually achieving because if it doesn't work in here, you ain't ever going to put it off outside. Well, thanks, Joseph. Some so, some interesting insight there. And you know, any business career, as you'll know, is about ups and downs. And you know, it's well documented that that your your business Impragas um, had some kind of bad press. I just want to get your kind of side of the story on that, and talk us through you know that that period. And and, and do you look back with with any regrets? 
Of course, yeah, look, um, you know, 2020 and, tw and the last quarter of 2019 was probably one of the challenging years of my life. And, you know, after 25 years of age, already doing half a million when I applied for the show, and I was making good money at that age, you know, and I really was. And um, by the time I was 29, Ollie, I'd built, I bought Lord Sugar out after two years at a million turnover. Okay, I was the first apprentice to ever do that. Then by the time I was 29, I took it to a national company, the largest independent company in the UK, boiler installation business. We had an eight-figure turnover, had 100-plus people in the business. We operated in every major city in the UK. And we got so big um, so quickly um, that we were, you know, we were having to do such big direct sales on a monthly basis um, to just break even. We had to do, you know, um, 50,000 a day in new sales just to break even at that point, let alone um, make profit. And then as soon our business was direct sales, boiler installations, and uh, we had a bad end of Q, you know, November and de December of uh, 2020, 2019 were disastrous. It was Brexit. It was warmer. Our forecasts um, almost halved. Cash dried up quickly. And we just couldn't continue. Um, we'd grown so rapidly. I'd given it my heart and soul for so many years. You know, I didn't want to just go and get investment and um, water down all of my shares and so on. And um that wasn't possible at that time anyway, because it was so quick. I had to rescue the company. So we had to split up the company, sell parts of it off, shut parts of it down. Um, and we sold the brand, the assets, all of the staff got 2 would over to a new company. Um, and I did liquidate the, the shell business with some debt in it, but it was the only way that we could structure to ensure um, that everybody kept jobs and so on. It was unfortunate that the new company who bought it and took everybody else on three months later had to shut down because of COVID. There was a pandemic coming anyway, which would have wiped us out. Um, but yes, I learned a lot of lessons from that. You know, I learned that um, what, because of my whole career, Ollie, had climbed and climbed and climbed, you know, and nothing was going wrong. And then all of a sudden, they came crashing back down to earth at 30 years of age, exiting my business, having to start from zero. So January 2020, my PA came with me from the business. Okay, Sophie. And um, she came with me and we started again. Okay, we started again. And the, what I did, I created a company called the Trade Mastermind. And the um, vision for that business was born out of the problems that we had at Impra and the problems that are in the construction industry and, in fact, many businesses. Okay, plumbers start plumbing businesses. Accountants start accounting practices. Hairdressers start hairdressing businesses. But no one is actually teaching you how to start, finance, run, grow, scale, manage, develop um, your organization and everything that comes within that. So anybody listening here, okay, looking for opportunity in the market, or if you're, I'm going to answer this in two ways. If you're looking for opportunity in the market right now, there is a lot of opportunity. Look at the problems and look at how you can provide solutions to serve, okay, and make sure that you're adding value to the marketplace. Now, and number two, right, I am now sat here um, 12 months on, right? We've done a million in sales in our first year. I now have 14 staff. We've got new premises, Okay, I've scaled up from one man and a one man band again, basically, with my PA to 
um, uh, seven-figure business in the first 12 months in a pandemic, pioneering a new industry, a very profitable business, completely different to the last one, okay, because it's training and development. Um, and we've helped hundreds of customers. We've got an amazing reviews. If anybody wants to check it out, it's trademastermind.co.uk. But the purpose of telling you that is that there are going to be a lot of people like me that have built a big business or that have been in business longer than I had. They're in their 40s, 50s in hospitality, entertainment, okay, that are going to lose everything, right? They're going to feel um, like their life has been ripped from underneath them, that how are they ever going to get started again? Just like I felt, you know, my pride was here. Um, I didn't know what was what was happening. I had financial commitments. I was used to a lifestyle, being a CEO of a big business. So you can start again. You can get back to the top. You can rebuild your life. If you failed, failure isn't final, okay? And failure isn't final and success isn't guaranteed. That's probably the, my biggest statement of 2020. Uh, thanks, Jason. So, you know, just, just to kind of clarify there, so, you, you know, all things considered at the time with, with Impregast that, that, you know, that was the best option was, was, to, was to sell the business, like you say. Obviously, that there were some issues aligned with that, but but you feel like that, that that was the right thing? It was our only option. It was either go into administration and shut the whole company down, yeah. okay, or we were focused on because we had um, a lot of staff. So what do I ensure? I walked away from the business with nothing, but what I ensured was this that customers kept their warranties and service plans via the new company. They took that commitment on, okay, as part of the deal. All of the staff got 2 p over. That was part of the deal, okay? We built um, a new company. They built a new company so they could trade with the suppliers because the majority of the people that we had to liquidate our debt on was for uh, merchant suppliers, right? But I ensured that we were able, they were able to create a new entity so they could continue to trade, with um, the new business, which is exactly what they did for a period of time. Um, and, you know, as I said, I left with nothing. I could have shut it down and um, just walked away. But I did my very best and utmost to try and ensure customers' warranties were looked after. Okay, um, all of my staff kept their jobs. Um, and um, and um, the, the businesses that did lose money by us having to liquidate, okay, also um, were able to trade with the new entity. What you said about you know things might not go right, but then you can kind of bounce back. I mean, do you think there's a bit of an issue sometimes with entrepreneurship in the UK, and, and people are scared to kind of have those challenges and failures, and then you know own up to them and then kind of move on? Do you, do you feel that there needs to be more about that in terms of our sort of culture? Without a doubt, Ollie. I mean, I was extremely embarrassed. Yeah, there's no point pretending. Okay, I was in the limelight, and I was a guy that had continued to. Um, continue to succeed and then all of a sudden my name was dragged through the paper saying my company had gone bust although we'd had to do a certain things they printed whatever headlines they liked so of course it was you know for your pride and for your ego and for um, the people involved it was horrendous time you know and it took me to the floor it took me to rock bottom I went to rock bottom for a short period of time Okay, and I realized that I couldn't stay there because I'd been there many, many years ago when I was expelled from school and had to start again. And, you know, the amount of um, the amount of um, mental challenge I had to overcome because, you know, people think that they're no good. You don't think that you could do it again. You know, you've got all of these people saying things about you. So actually, know what? Um, yes, it should be spoken about a lot more. And I think that, um, you know, 
it failure is not final and it does happen and business is risky for all parties involved now whenever a company is scaling rapidly what like we did and everybody is fully aware of um, that rapid growth then that is always a risk so business should never over leverage their credit commitments if they can't afford to lose it and they should never be on board with a business that um, is on that trajectory that has a risk factor to it if they're not um, that if they don't understand what the potential downsides are as well because it's not all upside right um, you know there are downsides and there are major risks um, but you just cannot let it um, pin you to the floor you know failure is giving up um, and you know, I used people telling me, right, you know, on you know, like it is on social media, go back on the tools. You're a plumber, get back on the tools now, you know, and, and all that type of stuff. And all those things, they get in your head, you know, um, and you've really got to block them out. And for many businesses going through that period, they aren't going to have to deal with their reputation being slammed through national papers like I did. So it made it a hundred times harder, but it also has made me a hundred times stronger. That I sat here, sit here now fully feeling absolutely bulletproof um, in terms of the future of my organization because I've seen what goes up. I've seen what can come down. Okay. I've, I've been hit hard um, brand and reputation wise. I bounced back very quickly in a pandemic and proved to myself and to the haters that, you know, it isn't always, it isn't just bad management. Okay, that that company didn't go down through bad management. The market disappeared. If we'd have hit the numbers, we would have been fine. Warmer weather, people weren't buying the forecasted level of boilers. Market conditions change. There's things that you control in business. That's the internals, right? There's things that you can't control, and that's the externals. You cannot control the market. When the market moves, if you don't have backup, and if you're not prepared for that change, and you haven't foreseen it coming, then unfortunately, there's not a massive amount that you can do about it. No, thanks, Joseph. And uh, just, just to our audience, well, if anyone wants to um, send in a question to Joseph, please do. I just want to talk about, you know, yeah, it, it's really impressive that that you've bounced back and that the business now is doing well. What, what do you see as the kind of long term future of that business? Where do you want to take it? So it was very, very important. You know, I kind of um, I kind of um, was going to go into the event space. Right. And one thing for me um um, that I really liked was the personal development and training world. So I was going to go into the event space um, in March. On the day our first event was booked, okay, on the 11th of March or something like that, I had 150 people coming to a hotel in London, South Bank, first ever Trade Mastermind live event. That night before, we put five grand in, and that night before, um, the, the announcement was all social gatherings are banned. So seven people turned up. I mean, it was absolutely brutal. I stuck it out. I did the whole day. Okay, and out of the seven people that turned up, seven people bought our programs. Like it was, it was brilliant to be fair. I mean, a great day anyway. But it also forced me, Ollie, to pivot online. I moved very, very quickly. I realised, looking long term, that the industry of in events isn't coming back anytime soon. I knew that online was sustainable. I knew that we needed to be delivering education and via this medium to people in their homes. I knew the construction industry, okay, was solid. They did not shut down the construction industry in the first lockdown, second lockdown. They haven't done it in the third one because construction trade businesses are key to the national infrastructure and supporting people in their homes, repairs, service, maintenance, upgrades, and so on. And the construction industry right now is 
very, very safe long term because people are in their homes. The demand for upgrades, bathrooms, kitchens and everything else is massive. So I work with predominantly um, sole traders at 250K turnover up to a couple of a million. And we teach them marketing, sales, infrastructure building strategy. So their opportunity in the market right now is insanely hot. Um, so long term for us. Um, the trade mastermind will continue to scale up in the UK. We want to pick it up and drop it into America in the first quarter um, using webinars as our medium to deliver the training. And we've created an incredible online product called the Trade Accelerator University. So it's an online training for tradespeople to go from tradesmen to businessmen, scaling to Australia and Canada. And that's probably um, where we're at for the foreseeable. I've also launched a recruitment company um, called Trade Recruit. I have another digital marketing agency about to launch called Trade Social. And these are all born off the back of me now controlling um, a huge customer base of construction businesses that require all of the other services as they scale. They need leads, they need people, they need finance, they need um, coaching. So we're now building out a group of businesses to support um, this whole um, this whole um, community of construction businesses that we now have um, uh, have as uh, customers. You, you said that there are going to be a lot of business owners who, who their companies go bust. They have to start again. They're on the floor. What would be your kind of just a snapshot of advice to them and, and how they can kind of bounce back and what they need to do and, and about their mindset? Okay, first and foremost um, is where are where do your expertise lie? Okay, some people will be in a business and they will be trapped in that business and they'll have worked in it for 20 years and hated it and they wanted to get out. So look at it as an opportunity to reinvent yourself. Be excited about the next opportunity. Use your expertise to solve problems. Business owners will have built a whole um, toolbox of expertise from sales, marketing, planning, coaching, and whatever it may be. So you could turn your skills into coaching. Coaching is very lucrative. You don't need a lot of clients. You can easily earn the same amount of income that you probably were running a full-time business, having 10 clients a month for 10 hours, okay, a £1,000 an hour. So um, use your skills and expertise to serve the market. Look at where you can add value. Look at the longevity um, of the business model. People are going to be in their homes for the foreseeable. Anybody who believes that the world's going to open up anytime soon um, is, 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 uh, needs to rethink that strategy as far as I'm concerned. People in their homes, serving people in their homes via entertainment, education, and what, um, fitness, whatever it may be, is where you will win um, in 2021 and beyond. Well, thanks, Joseph. Um, I'm just going to go to some questions that we've had in uh, from our audience now. Yeah, so uh, so besides Lord Sugar, you've mentioned, who's inspired you most in, in business? Great question. Um, so when I um, was growing up, one guy that I didn't mention was my uncle, okay, so my mum's brother. Um, he was a very successful corporate MD of large finance companies. And, you know, we had second-hand cars, second-hand clothes, um, you know, and he used to come down in a suit in a brand new BMW, brand new Mercedes, one twice a year. And um, I always remember him walking in, white head of hair, six foot two, um, as a kid thinking, wow, this guy is where I want to be. And then, you know, I'd look at my dad and think, how are these two guys different? And how do I get like him? Okay, and he kind of showed me that there was another life beyond the life that we were living. Um, and so he was probably my first mentor um, that showed me the way. And he helped me in the early years of Infra and helped me write my business plan for The Apprentice, actually, which is great. 
Joseph. Had another uh, question coming. If you go back to 22-year-old you, what one piece of advice would you give yourself? Um, everything that you say that you can do, you can do. So go for it. Nice. And one more piece is think bigger. Think bigger. <laughs> think bigger. Nice. Thanks, Joseph. Just um, another, I think this is yeah, the final one from the audience. And what is one fact about you that people can't find online, Joseph? Um, I like opera. Nice. Is it? <laughs> does, that, does that come from your Italian heritage? I think it does. I mean, Andrea Bocelli and Pavarotti are probably two of my favourites, so I'd say so. Perfect. Well, thank you for your time today, Joseph. No um, problem. Thank you. Today, you know, thank you.